0: All right, everybody, thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans. I'm your host, Greg Fowler, traveling throughout the marketplace, interviewing the top real estate professionals in our field, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, really drives and motivates these top producers above and beyond everybody else in what I'd like to consider a real estate titan. Now, our very special guest and future titan today, all the way from San Diego, California, Daniel Beer. Daniel, thank you so much for taking the time. It's an absolute honor and a thrill to have you on the show. Thanks, man. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so, this is super cool. I just can't wait to dive into this series of questions, get everybody to know you deeper as a, as a man, as a professional, and really share you with the Titan nation. So if you're ready to roll, Daniel, let's just jump into it. Let's do it, man. Shoot. Okay, cool. So starting with the first question, really getting to know you uh, on a personal basis, tell everybody just a little bit about yourself.
1: I'm in San Diego. I'm, I was actually born in Mexico City. So are my parents and grandparents. Everyone before then came from overseas. Okay. Um but I was, uh, I was from Mexico city. Grew up in San Diego though, the majority of my life. Um, since, I mean, since I was a little kid, so sure. this is home and I'm married with three kids. I've almost six year old, I have two year old twins, almost three year old twins actually in a couple weeks. Oh my gosh. And run this awesome business, man. In this crazy industry, I get to now help a lot. You know, one of the best things that's happened for me is I get to help so many other people now. Uh, just just make that transition from being a practitioner to really thinking about their business as a business person. Um, there's a lot that has to happen in that journey, and it's uh, it's a journey that not a lot of people actually embrace, surprisingly enough, because I find it to be incredibly fun and, and you know, that it's a challenge. And I think that a lot of people run into that challenge, and when I get to help them break through, it's, it's rewarding for me. It's also what I really love to do. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's about it. I have this real estate okay. team in San Diego. Um, we've been lucky enough to be honored by the likes of the Inc. 5000, for years now running, Wall Street wow. Journal top 100 teams in the country. We're closing 200 million plus a year over the last number of years um, consecutively. Hmm. And just looking to grow, man. So it'll be fun to be here in front of your audience. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I love it. And, and again, Daniel, that's giving everybody a, a good insight into the direction of what's going on. I want to rewind just a touch into the initial thought process of you getting into real estate. So what, what was your thought? Well, why did you decide to go into real estate? There's lots of different opportunities out there for, for really smart business professionals. And it's always interesting for the audience to understand what got you into the business in the first place. So what was it?
1: I, I disliked my previous career. Okay. <laughs> Fair That's a, we're a, we, we are, a, we're largely an industry of people that disliked their previous career. Wow. I love it. You know, and, Unfortunately, there's a very low barrier to entry and just about anybody can go get a license. I suppose I benefited from that at some point, but not really because I feel like I could have gotten my license even if it had been a little tougher. Um, And I got licensed. I got licensed. My dad was going to sell a house. I was 23 years old at the time. This was 15 Hmm. years ago. And you know, it's it's interesting because I get asked that question a lot, particularly anytime I'm doing anything like this. I get asked that question and it's you know, I have the same shitty answer as everybody. Else. <laughs> you know, that, that's just the truth. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's the. I have a problem with how amateur the industry is, as a result of and as a condition of how simple it is to literally go and deal with people's multi-hundred million dollar or multi-hundred thousand dollar, if not multi-million dollar, assets. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so much more difficult to become a beautician and mm. do people's hair and makeup. Right. And by the way, I don't say that lightly make saying it's not an important profession or that it, that's not, you know, good work. And I, I bring that up because I know it's 1600 hours of education. I have people in my circle of friends and family that are in that field mm. and it's important work. Having said that, it's just a little bit interesting how much more difficult it is to get into that field than this one. Right. And the consequences of them having a bad day at the office aren't nearly as catastrophic as a real estate agent annihilating somebody's retirement. Right. Well, so, but there you go, man. That's how I got in the industry.
0: Yeah. And, and Daniel, and you mentioned that, I mean, you're speaking to, you know, the, the audience that's in here and and there's a lot of people nodding their heads because the true pros are really paying attention to other true professionals. And that's the majority of our audience right here. And, and um, you know, the barrier to entry as everybody knows is low. And there's such a high turnover rate in the first year and then year two, 80% and then 90% plus in year one, year two. And, and I think that that has something to do with it. If the threshold was higher, if it was more difficult, then I think that um, it would separate, I think, a level of professionalism and integrity to go and continue through to that first few years and really get through. And I think it would be better for everybody. But um, it's a constant problem, but the best of the best make it through. And hence, you know, you talked about 15 years in the biz. I mean, that's no short stent. Um, you know, so really it shows that level of integrity and commitment that you have and the reputation that you have with your clients and your team is growth. And that's, that's a huge standpoint. And again, why I'm honored to have you on the show and, and dive a little bit deeper into it. So l- let's go into the next question into this. And I, I think this is a, a deeper dive into you as a man and a professional. It's the why question. Now I know that's thrown around a lot. What's your why all these things, but really, truly, Daniel, if you could think about it, what gets you out of bed? every morning and motivated to do what you do as long as you have to the level that you do it at. What is it?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't have like the story about how I grew up in the Suedo and like watched my, you know, I I don't have any crazy big story. Yeah. Yeah. I like to win. I like business. I like to, I like to figure out this puzzle of how you put people together um, and I'm not talking about buyers and sellers. I'm talking about how you put people together in an organization to all move in one direction on a continuous basis, quarter over quarter, year over year, um, in a changing business environment. You know, I, I enjoy, I just enjoy it. I think it's fun. I like to make money. I like the things I can do with money. I like the people that I can help now that I have a little bit of it. Right. Um, and I'm focused on making sure that I do, you know, my dad gave us a better life than I think his parents gave him. Hmm. I think it's my responsibility to leave my kids the same way. Wow. And it doesn't really go that much deeper for me, but that's been enough.
0: <laughs> hey, Daniel, that's pretty deep. You're talking about your family and your legacy in the community and impact the people that are around you and really treating this like a true business and not just flying by the seat of your pants. And I think that that's huge when when it comes to compelling nature. We didn't dive deep into... Um, The Beer Home Team, and and, and again, everything that you're doing in the community, is it all right if you talk a little bit about that for the audience just to dive a little bit deeper into your business and your brand, that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, so we have. I operate the Beer Home Team. Uh, We broker through eXp Realty. Um, We have 30 or so people on our core team. Our core team is made up of people that are all focused on building the Beer Home Team brand. Hmm. Um, The Beer Home Team brand is known, means something in San Diego County. It's something that we've poured literally, you know, seven figures plus into. Wow. Um and it's really the best decision I've ever made was to build out that brand in a you know in a strong way. Mm-hmm. Um in addition to that, through my through the group that we've built, which really we think about it as a as a training platform, as a mentorship group, um, where there's perfect alignment because I only get paid for the work I do with my mentees, with the people in the group, I only get paid if they sell homes. Because right. it's set up on a, on a minute little referral fee basis. And I'm talking minute, like low, low single digits. Right. Um, so I have partners across the country, 36 uh, different states. I've been doing it for two years now as far as growing that part of our business through the EXP platform. Wow. 1,588 partners um, as of today. So Unreal. it's really a fun thing. Like on March 20th, for example, I'll be, and I'm not sure exactly when this is. Well, we're live now, right? So this is yeah. airing now. Yep. So on March 20th, I'll be, uh, I'll be in Phoenix um, with our partners having a day-long mastermind. We were in Key West on the East Coast earlier this year. We'll be in St. Thomas later next in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, we just we have an event big event coming up in Dallas later in the year. So anyway, we have a lot of fun, but the beautiful thing about it is all we focus on is helping each other grow our real estate business, and our hypoth- or, no, our guess mm-hmm. simply would be that that would be attractive to people. And that's been attractive to, for what us is the right people. Right. And so that's, that's the gist of it. The Beer Home team is doing, um, we just had our second consecutive $200 million year of sales volume. Unreal. Um, we, this year, the goal is to sell 404 homes. And that should put us right at about $300 million in production. Okay. okay. So it's fun. We, uh, we were awarded one year the number one team at all of EXP Realty. Uh-huh. Our first year at EXP. Um, the set the next year we were number two. I believe uh, we're still number two. And okay. I'm proud to be number two because the guy that beat us, I mean, he's a freaking beast in Houston mm-hmm. that did four hundred million last year. So I'm okay, I'm okay losing to that guy. Okay, right, right. Yeah.
0: No, I, and I, I think that you're diving really deep into really, you know, your core values and what's happening and really making things And and, and again that continuous uh, message that's feeding through is treating it like a true business and and, and really leveraging and, and building a right structure to not only do more transactions and more volume, but you're able to touch more lives. You're able to really make an impact in the community of San Diego and all over the world that you really are influencing into the real estate market. So I want to dive into question number three, and this is actually a crowd pleaser for all the people who are watching or listening to this because they want to learn from the Titans. They really want to understand how you've grown and scaled your business or continue to. So if you could, Daniel, look back at your business thus far, pick or choose one or two things that you added to your business that you really felt that it took it to another level that you really saw that needle spike. Um, what's that look like for you? There's been several. Okay.
1: Yeah. The the first one was when I got real about having a predictable lead generation platform that would create leads regardless, despite if (laughs) dad's friend called and sold a house and needed like this, let that all go, which by the way, the marketplace forced that on me because the market crash came in 2008, 2009. Sure. And so when that goes away, number one was I built a true lead generation platform. And those today they're more popular, more common in those days. They were very rare. Everybody had like um, glamour websites, right? Mm -hmm. And I tore that thing down and built a a search site that forced registration and started to generate leads. Love it move forward. The point being is you have to have a lever you can pull on that is going to give you business. Correct. Uh, most agents when you're starting, are going to trade time for money and that's okay. You're going to trade time for money. You need to then take that cash that's being generated. Of course you have to live on it and you know, save know and all that. But the part of that cash needs to be invested back into the business mm-hmm. into something that over time will allow you to free your time. Okay. So not- uh, it will allow you to free your time up. And instead, you can have more marketing-based business, which is really trading money for more money mm-hmm. instead of trading time for money. Um, that's the kind of thing that could eventually lead to you being you know, on vacation for a month and come back home and find out that you sold 30 homes. Like, that's the sort of thing that can happen when you do that consistently over time. Fantastic. But, so the first was that. The second was stepping out of the buyer side of the business. And there came okay. the day when I literally said, Brian, here you go. And I mean, here you go. Not here you go when I don't want to get to somebody. Not here you go when it's not like a really good buyer. Not here you go when it's not a million dollar buyer. I mean, he worked with my brother that year on a purchase. Okay. Hmm. Here you go. So what I did was I traded a percentage of my income because it's not Uh as if I wasn't getting paid on that business. Sure. I traded a percentage of my income. At the time it was 40%. Hmm. For hundred percent of my time. Right. That is a I mean, I'll take that deal every single day of the week. That's Agreed. an awesome. like that's and it was awesome for him. Yeah. He went from something that he was enjoying far less and make you know, and he it was amazing for him. It was amazing for me, except for I was left with 40% less income. So what was the next thing is that freed me up with all my time. I went and built the listing side. Hmm. Moved forward get to the point where I step out of that side, never a hundred percent fully. I'll still go on a listing appointment from time to time now, particularly okay. in my farm, particularly, but I'm always going with one of our agents now. Mm. I'm you know, I, I like to say that a hundred percent of the opportunity in our business goes through the agency. Okay. Um, and when I go, I don't like charge them more or anything like that. They still get paid as if I wasn't there, mm. but I will go from time to time to an appointment. But in any case, when we got the ability to have listings signed, mm-hmm. even if I am on that one month vacation, that was a huge right bump in the business. Wow. Um, and then when we started to get into really brand building with media, right, like particularly radio was just a huge catalyst. But You have to be careful with it because we've also lost our ass a few times and you have to have the exact right, perfect formula. And mm-hmm. if you break the formula, what I found is you lose a lot of money but we've also hit some home runs. So those are the times when, you know, the business has consistently grown, but those are the times when it was like real lift, like, okay, you know, so yeah.
0: Yeah, no, th- I mean, those are all huge ads and takeaways for everybody who's watching or listening to this and and from a true professional who's been there, done that, bought the t-shirt and then some. And um, I think that when you're looking at it from the standpoint is leveraging and automation is the crucial key. And that, that's the message that I kept kept hearing in my head as you were speaking is, every part of your business and every stage that it was going through, you looked at it and where was your highest and best use of time, right? Where was the highest and best use of your time as a lead, as a producer an individual? And then where can you leverage with a true extension of yourself and that team and that brand so that it frees up more of your time to do what you do best to another level, to a higher level. Um, And really through the mainstays of, there's only really three ways to leverage an automate, especially into real estate. It comes down to, and correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel, but you're looking at systems, technology, and people. Um, and when I say systems, I don't just mean you know typical into technology. My system could be a piece of paper that you write on. You get a new client, you move Folder. Yeah.
1: Well, well, for me, it's been um, for me, it's been people okay. more than anything else. Sure. So, I, and i I honestly, I left something up that's really important. So I'm glad yeah, we came yeah. back here. Hit me. There's when I stepped out of, well, there was technology when I had the first lever, right? But then right. it was people. When I had the people that could run the buyer side, those people and people that could handle the listing side. But along the way, there was also people handling the back of the house. Right. And I almost went into real estate agent mode there, forgetting about that side. <laughs> but we have the biggest investment, the biggest part of our overhead, the biggest thing that we spend money on from a W-2 perspective is people. Right. Um, and the right people... You know, when we're going to go and take over, say, hey, well, let's go with this new um, lead initiative, or let's go into this new farm, or let's do any of that. We also measure it against, well, if we took that money and hired a person, what would that do? Sure. Because people have been some of the best return that we've ever had, ah, I love right? It. The, the right people, uh, you know, that first assistant, which gave lift to the company. So I could redo the whole story through mm-hmm. people, right? When we, on the W-2 side of the business love it first assistant that next one but then you know most agents will hire someone that they kind of have to like tug up and pull with them because they're they're trying to hire kind of on the lower side of the scale Mm -hmm. um there's the time when i hired the person that i was like oh my god am i really going to do this like the person that had more capacity than me well well guess what happened i paid double triple two and a half times what i'd ever paid for somebody Mm-hmm. But the business grew by a million in G- GCI about four hundred fifty thousand in profit after paying the person that year. right right so that, those have also been the things that have given mm-hmm. um, higher degrees of growth to oh. the business Daniel and that's where i spend all my time now okay. is in um, really just trying to become better at identifying talent, hiring them, um, leading them mm. um, but most importantly, when I say leading them, that sounds so like not what I do on a day-to-day basis, because really what I've done is hired leaders. Right. So if you asked anybody in my organization, who's your boss? Very few would say me. Wow. Most of them would say somebody else. Hmm.
0: And, and, that's building, great. Well, and that's truly, you know, the humility and honesty and integrity of what you built and what continue to build. And, and you had mentioned something that I absolutely love that there's the best of the best really recognize this and understand it is when you're bringing on that right person, that right system or technology, no matter what the cost is, when it is the right message and it is the right item for that particular avenue, you should be dramatically increasing your revenue. And it's interesting when somebody is not in that mindset, when you haven't done that before, it's scary. It's like, I'm spending this amount of money, I'm doing this. And it's but it's, it's, it's always the opposite. If it's the right person, no matter what you're spending, you're going to increase your money as long as it's the right thing. Accidents happen. Things happen. I get that. But there,
1: there, There's two things that a lot of real estate agents don't understand. One is that all employees, including W-2 employees, are on commission. Hmm. They're all on commission. Well, where does our income come from? It comes from commission. Right. Okay. So all we do is generate commission. And so when we're paying employees, they're on commission. Yes, they might be on a salary of X amount of thousands, right? But they need to be held accountable to a return for the dollars paid for their position. And if it's not mm-hmm. creating a return, then that's not a profitable position. It's not a position that you're going to find on the organizational chart for very long. Wow. Um, so you. those are the two concepts. I just wrapped them into one. One is that empo- people, employees, all um, W-2s, salaries, which agents are afraid of. Sure they're actually some of the best investments that we've ever made and mm-hmm. they're held accountable to a return. Love it. And never, and, and you really should help them understand so that they can support the business the right way so they could be proud and happy when those commissions are made. Mm. The right people, right. Aren't ever like, Oh, look at all that money you made. And i made. they, they have to understand so that they go that extra mile and, and do what has to be done. They make sure that deal comes through and it's closed and the client's happy and we get the referral. They need to understand that they're on commission too. Hmm. Without, if commissions stop coming in, there's also no salaries, right? So right. they're on
0: commission. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that, Daniel. And again, these are these are true words of wisdom from an absolute top professional. Um, so everybody pause this, rewind it, take notes. Uh, this is huge information, Daniel. And truly, I appreciate you sharing a little bit of window into y- your life and experience and, and with you know real estate specifics and how growing and scaling and it never stops. But um, I do want to shift gears on the tone of this particular uh, interview. And in this part of the series, it's the tricky part. It's the challenge question. So uh-huh. um, I'm not trying to to throw zingers than anybody, but I think this is really important. Um, you know, we all deal with challenges, whether they're personal or professional challenges in our lives. And no one's exempt. Whether it's in the past, we're dealing with it now, or we haven't yet, but we will in the future. It's not so much what happens, but how, what we learn from, how, what we respond to, and what we can grow and share. So, Daniel, if you are comfortable sharing a personal or professional challenge that you dealt with that you learned and overcame and became stronger because of it, what's that look like for you?
1: Man, a personal prefer yeah. So the first one that comes to mind for me is we got, <coughs> we got hyper-focused on the KPIs, you know, growth for the sake of growth. And did you get your numbers? Did you hit your calls? Did you this? Mm-hmm. Did you that? Like we got, we got obsessed with growth simply for the sake of growth. And there could wow. be a point where growth really becomes toxic. If it's not for the right reasons, don't get me wrong. I'd like to see this organization five times bigger. Sure. But we have to get there in the right rhythm Uh and we have to get there for the right reasons. Okay. Growth for the sake of growth and KPIing people to death is not a recipe that's Mm -hmm. going to last very long. So you start to lose some good people. Okay. Um, Then you start to realize that you're building an organization that you yourself wouldn't want to be a part of. I mean, Who wants to come in and be KPI to death? Right. So that was a lesson I had to learn. We mm. had to, we lost some good people because of it. Right. Um, and it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing okay. since. And you know what really made it come together is a mentor of mine, who's probably the most aggressive human being in every way you could think of. <laughs> um, very successful business person that just an mm. ultra aggressive person mm. said to me, he, he said that to me, he said, you know, Growth for the sake of growth can be a very bad thing.
0: Yeah, and to hear
1: him say that, I was like, I never expected you to say that. Like, you don't say fluffy shit, right? Like, you (laughs) say you're only like hard all the time. Uh, Um, I love it. So that just kind of brought it into focus. So that was something. Okay. Personal. I don't know, man. I don't know of any personal nothing stands. Out. I, I I, again, I wish I had some story of like this horrible thing that happened to me and then I had to overcome it and I climbed the mountain and got back up and it's super inspirational. It's, everything's good. I no, have a nice it, family. I have a nice extended family. Hmm. I, uh, yeah.
0: It, well, and Daniel, and that's totally cool. I, and again, answering asking those questions. I mean, really, if it's there, it's there and it's something to share if it's not that's completely fine you share the business side and that's crucially important for this audience is you know just having a key performance indicator uh, meltdowns and really just looking at those KPIs all day long calls, 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 revenue, revenue, revenue. Uh, it, you can wipe out the people, and it's all about the people. It's not an I situation, it's not Daniel, it's everybody, including Daniel, that makes this work. And but understand that ahead of time is crucially important. So, anybody out there who is in that same standpoint, they can listen and watch and learn from you you went through that trench, you you got out from it, you learn from it, and you guys are better because of it. And that's the point. That's really the point is you don't let it stop you. You learn from it and you keep moving on no matter what the case may be personal or professional. Right. Um, so yeah, no worries about not having some crazy insurmountable background because not everybody does. Right. And it's okay. I mean, we all look at our things in our lives and we deal with what we have. So. I do want to shift gears, and this is actually one of my favorite questions, and this one ends up being the travel back in time question. Now, this isn't designed to change anything that you went through because everything that you went through in your life, positive and or negative, personal or professional, made you who you were. Um, so you don't want to change any of that or just any of it. However, if you could go back in time, Daniel, at any age range, any time frame of your life, and give yourself a piece of advice or two, what would you say to young Daniel?
1: Hmm. what would I say um, I don't know just a few things popping to mind are I would have spent probably some more time after college just finding myself whatever that means right sure. <laughs> but I mean like you know maybe just living in Manhattan and doing nothing and being mm. a waiter or whatever I'm not sure. saying that's nothing no no no, no. A waiter I just mean like Look, if you're a waiter because you're doing it as a career because you're in that profession and you're doing it to build then then awesome. Right. I'm talking about just like being a waiter at like a taco restaurant and like just making my way trying to live in Manhattan for a year and sure my way through. That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So I would have probably wanted to do a little more of that. Um, man, I would have really and people told me so. Okay. People told me, but man, you know, I would have really. I wish you could understand what it means when people tell you to really soak up those years when you're married hmm. and no kids, like the pre-kid years. Wow! Uh-huh. Uh, like to think back and it's, it's almost impossible to even remember what it was to think of like waking up on a Saturday and like having nothing to do at all. <laughs> like zero. like it's a oh weird thing to really remember what the heck that was or what it felt like or what would we do um oh, wow. so i would have just i don't know i feel like there was more that could have been done with that time yeah um it's 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 definitely different with three kids um those are those are a few things that come to mind in my early professional career i wish i had been you know i wish i'd found out sooner than like four years into the business that you could actually sell more than like, you know, 15 homes a year. I thought that was like the most a human being could do. I remember being at a conference where somebody said, he just straight up said, and this is in San Diego where very, you know, if you're selling 20 homes a year in San Diego, you're like a rock star. Sure. And so, and he said, look, if you're not selling 24 homes a year, that's just two homes a month. That means you're failing 28 days a month. Wow. If you're not doing that, then what the hell are you doing? Hmm. And I was like, holy shit, I didn't even know you could sell 24 homes a <laughs> month. Like, I didn't know that was an option. I really didn't. Unreal. Um. So I wish I'd gotten into environments like that sooner. Okay. That started to change my thinking, expand my mind, that kind of thing.
0: Well, I, so I want to address all that because what you said is huge advice for everybody who's watching or listening and not just for young Daniel, but myself and everybody included. When you're talking about that time uh, in those college age range where you just you want to explore and take off and really just soak in a little bit of life before you get down to it. Um, There's so many portions and processes that we can all reflect on and try to find that time in our lives now, right? We can't go back and change that. But if there's a time in our life where we can figure out a way and especially into real estate and so many real estate professionals do this is they're, they're leveraging and automating their business. They're growing it to a true machine where they can truly take some time away and they are gone for a month or two. We're not talking about years and years at a time, but I, I think that that's huge reflection to just take time. And, and, and as you said, find yourself in a way, but do that over your lifetime. It doesn't have to be one specific time. And I think that's good advice all the way through when you're talking about that pre Time frame, and this this hits home for me particularly. I, I'm a new dad. My daughter's 19 months old, and um, it's our first child. And I, I do remember those times where my wife and I we literally had nothing to do uh, on that time frame. It's like, well, what do you want to do? I don't know. Let's drive up to the mountains, and we drive up three and a half, four hours on a whim. We don't have anything planned. You just go and do it. Now it's regimented, and everything's got to be in order, and you got a plan, and you got to get sitters. All this I mean, it's not the same. But I guess the point is, is to, to me, is we can't go back and adjust that and change that, but we can try to have reflection and try to have personal time with our spouse and really try to focus. And, and it's easier said than done, but you gotta be able to put the time in and reflect on it. If you don't think about it, it's not gonna happen. So I think that that's really, really reflective and, and utilized for everybody else and, and to that. And then finally, what you're saying is those expectations. I mean, you're talking about production. Daniel, that's huge advice and information because we set those expectations and boundaries on ourselves. I mean, if you wanna go out and get it, you got to hit that. You got to set it. And I find that it's not so much the goals and the dreams that people aspire for and they actually really get and receive. People mm-hmm. mainly hit their minimal threshold of what they'll accept. It's not so much the goals and dreams because everybody wants this and this and this, yeah. but there's only a level of acceptance that people go through. So at that time, your level of acceptance was like, well, shoot, I thought it was 15. Look at where you are now. Do you know what I mean? So your level of acceptance is like, Way higher and 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 I think that it comes down to the the facet is that if you want to go get it And you're only stopping yourself surrounding yourself with great people I mean all that is just huge nuggets like weaving in Hopefully everybody's feeling this energy from daniel and really really taking this hard because this is huge stuff This is really really great um, So I do want to shift gears onto this and this is actually second crown pleaser And this is that we have only two questions left. And we're almost wrapped up um, this one ends up being the feeding the mind question. So again, everybody who's watching or listening this particular series, they want to learn as the Titans learn. They want to grow intellectually as you guys do. So Daniel, if you could look back and you know, think about some books that you've read or are currently reading that inspire you, that you really enjoy, podcasts, influencers, yeah. coaches, how are you feeding your mind?
1: So books that stand out for me are almost anything Dan Kennedy. Okay. Um i particularly no b s Time management for entrepreneurs, I think is the most important book he wrote. love it and it's a time management book, but but it's actually a really great read. Mm-hmm. um just give it a chance, and you'll see and it made a number of things click for me that again were concepts we all agree with, all understand, but that book just made it really click, particularly the relationship between time and money and you know. Again, like we can't expect to get paid the hundred bucks an hour. If we could do $10 out, like, uh, right. We all know those things. Uh-huh. But something about that book just made it sink. And really like from that moment on, I live that way. It changed the way I behave. Wow. Um, man, what are some of the good books out there? I mean, there's been so many, right. I mean, back to the classics, right. Like, uh, like, um, think and grow rich and, you know, all those sure. and how to win friends and influence people. And. Um, there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot out there. I, I try to read a book, uh you know, and honestly, I haven't been doing a great job of it recently, okay. but for years I, now I just play a lot of golf, um, for years, what I would do is I, I just made sure I read a book every month okay. and I, I know there's some people who try to read a book every year or excuse me, every week. Right. Well, it's, for me, that was too much. Sure. But I, if you put 12 good books, like 12 good books in that, you know, head of yours every year, that's a lot. And there's Great. tons that will come from it. Um, I spent years where all I would listen to again were podcasts when I was driving. And the thing I still do a ton of now, probably more so now than ever before is travel to different events, travel to um, masterminds and to lectures and mm-hmm. to, Um, Just any kind of environment where I might end up having dinner with people that are smarter than I am so that I could, you know, just take something with me. Um, Really, it is difficult to learn to be it is difficult to be in a in a in a rich learning environment and not take something home that's going to be worth a ton of money. Uh Um, because if you're committed to what you do, if you've really, you know, not if you just got into real estate and you're like kind of dabbling and maybe you'll stay and maybe you'll go. I'm talking like if you really make this what you do or whatever profession you're in, Uh if you really make it what you do and who you are, it's, you know, you're going to be good at it. Right. And if you're good at it, it's very difficult to learn something and not make money from it. So I spend a lot of time doing those things. Um, The days of, yeah, for years and years, I I think, you know, everybody has to have a healthy obsession with success, with learning, Mm -hmm. with their industry, Um, an obsession that might look unhealthy from the outside in, but you know, you're healthy, you know, you're doing okay. Mm -hmm. But like, we're really like, you're obsessed. You're not just into it, but you're obsessed. I don't really know. I know you're obsessed with what you do. Sure. uh, Greg, and and I, I, you and I haven't met anybody that's doing really well in any part of life that's not really into what they do.
0: Agreed, 100%. So,
1: there were years, right, where I'd, you know, hang out, have dinner, watch a show with my wife or whatever it might be. Um, and once she was asleep, I'd be back up reading, hmm. right, reading, 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 reading. So, that's kind of what it looked like for a long time. Today, it really is just surrounding myself with people. Okay. And, and-, and I read. I read. But I just read a little less.
0: Okay, well, and, but, well you're, you're getting it in in the right ways. And, and even you mentioned golf. I mean, um, a, a lot of my buddies play. I actually read books on golf. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm, uh, I'm healthily
0: obsessed with that now. You know, so. but that, that's a good thing. It's a release. But it, when it comes down to the true professionals that especially play a lot of golf and are, are successful at it, it's not just about the game itself. It's the people that you're with. And uh, several Titans that have been on the series that are heavy into golfing, they bring extremely intelligent professionals with them and they learn a lot on the course and not just about the game, about life, about business, philosophy. So when you're talking about those real conversations, I think that's one of the best ways to learn. Masterminding groups, traveling around, going to conferences and really soaking that in, getting to dinners with those people that are, that are smarter, different perspectives. That's huge. Books are great. Podcasts are great. But the, the, the message is, is that the best of the best and you're a part of that group, Daniel, is you're always learning. You're always growing in some form or fashion. Um, and the passion comes out, the, the, the dedication and its consistency and massive amounts of effort over long periods of time. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, but if you put enough effort and time frame, as you said, I mean, one day you will wake up. And it will be different. Um, but, you know, it's that bell curve. It's that hockey stick effect. But uh, mm-hmm. compound, however you want to call it. But I, I think that's beautiful. And, and again, um, I'm going to, as always, everybody, I'm going to have a list in the comments down below so that you can feed your mind and really try to learn the same way that Daniel does and, and goes through. And there's just so much in here. And I know that, um, you know, we only got to scratch the surface of your professionalism and expertise and just your brand in general, Daniel. But it's been an absolute blessing and a pleasure. I mm-hmm. want to wrap everything up with a final question. Now, this one ends up being a quote or mantra that sums you up as a man, as a professional. What's that look like for Daniel Beer?
1: A quote or a mantra? Um, you're exposing how not deep I am. <laughs> Come um, on. That's not true. quote or a mantra that sums me up as a professional. Man, I don't know. I'll use something that... My guy, John Chep uses all the time. Okay. Just because I used it with my sales team today in our, in our sales meeting. Love it. Um, and you know, I think that something that I've been reasonably good at finding over time is just these little, this is John's quote, but it's, mm-hmm. it's just these little hinges that swing big doors. Wow. It's the little, it's the use of language when you add this particular word or listen for this or omit that. In the process of a negotiation, of a sale, of a discussion, of a recruitment, whatever it might be. Um, Those little, you know, little, little things, those subtle things. Doesn't mean that if you didn't use them, you wouldn't sell houses. Right. But maybe you'd sell, instead of having sold 30 homes, you would sell 34 homes. Hmm. And those four homes would be a great return. That's a lot of money for just having used or not used a particular word. So we look, I, I look for, and make use of Hmm. these small, tiny, little hinges that swing big doors. I love that.
0: But Uh, Danny, you can take that to exactly what you've done your entire career and gone through and, and obviously Addressing and, and seeing those things and making those big doors move and and you wouldn't be where you're at today without that consistently happening. So I think that sums you up beautifully. I mean, it, off the cuff, all the way through and through, I thought that was perfect. So, um, but I mean, yeah,
1: who do you interview that's got like a quote ready to go?
0: You know, people people Maybe are if on I read it. Sheet?
1: Did you ask me that? <laughs> I
0: did. I did. You it's have on read the
1: sheet. There's you the know, sheet right you know, there. I didn't look at it.
0: <laughs> people are on that. You know, some people just are are meme monsters and machines, and they just have them coming out of of everywhere. But uh, no, I thought that was beautiful. I really did. All right. From the bottom of my heart, I thought, I thought everything was absolutely fantastic. And your messaging was, was super clear and crisp and, and really motivational to the people that are out there to really accelerate their business, to really grow and scale. And that's this audience right here. So um, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. I know you're super busy. Appreciate you, you, man. We're an official real estate Titan, my friend. So I want to say that for sure and sure. Um, and again, everybody out there from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for your time and attention. As always, your love and support. If you like what we're doing at Real Estate Titans, don't forget to like and subscribe everywhere that we're at. Um, show some love to Daniel as well. Give the feedback on what your thoughts and questions and everything on this episode. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Lionboltmedia.com. Check out their website, Media. Um, very specific into growing and scaling your business digitally Um, live every Tuesday and Friday afternoon, a different Titan, a different location. We'll catch everybody in the next live episode of real estate Titans. Take care. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, man. Thank
1: you.